You're listening to the Big Reviewski on Joe with Chicago Town. Pizza? Yeah, we go to town on it. Hello and welcome to the Big Reviewski. My name is Owen. There's Rory and Rory. You woke up this morning, got yourself a gun. Your mama always said you'd be the chosen one. Just a wee song I wrote for you there. How you doing? No, I'm happy you stopped where you did because copyright claims. And... <laughs> yeah, I don't know the rest of the lyrics. Uh, me neither, actually. But I do. At the, it's was it's a great song. It really is, and it's it matches the opening credits so perfectly. Like it, it really sets the tone for the Sopranos. You just like, yes, I know exactly what this is. Uh, so yeah, like it is. It's a, it's a great little segue you did there, Owen, because it does bring us to. The Many Saints of Newark, the uh, the prequel movie to The Sopranos, where we we learn how your young Tony Soprano decides ish to become a, a member of the what are we calling it construction business? No, what was he in? Construction, uh, a little bit of you know garbage yeah, disposal, yeah, yeah. nothing untoward or illegal, legal, etc. I think is how we could just could define it. Uh, yeah, so we were lucky enough to talk to, gosh, <laughs> so many of the people involved in, in this movie. So I hope you're sat down and comfortable because you're going to be hearing a lot of, of talking for the next little while. But it's it's all good. I can I can tell you that. So up first, Michael Gandolfini. Uh, Owen, do you want to tell everyone who Michael Gandolfini is? Yeah, well, first of all, as you said, we, we do have a, a brilliant list of stars of the brand new film, plus director, plus creator, writer, like all coming up. This is this is a chunky one. You might actually be quicker rewatching all of The Sopranos, mm. but uh, it is a brilliant lineup. Yeah, Michael Gandolfini, uh, I think, first came to people's main attention. Obviously, the, the really sad news of James Gandolfini passing away uh, a number of years ago. But when the news came out that... The Many Saints of Newark, this prequel film was being made. It's like, okay, well, who who are you going to get this? You know, they're going to like do CG stuff. You're just going to put a call out for somebody that looks like him. And then lo and behold, they actually announced the casting news that James Gandolfini's uh, son in real life uh, will be playing him in, in the film. And looking at the early pictures that were released from filming and the early bits of footage, it seems like you know, an inspired bit of casting because everybody look. You know, it's just, obviously they basically have the same uh, genetic makeup, so uh, it's a, it's a brilliant likeness for him. So it just remains to be seen whether Michael Gandolfini uh, inherited any of his dad's actual acting talent uh, as well. But I mean, like the love for this show that is out there, and I know we can we can testify to like putting up any trailer or any bit of news about this particular film up on joe.ie. Uh, like people just absolutely are dying to see uh, this film and, and find out, uh, well, the story to, to young Tony Soprano and how he made his name for himself and where he came from um, to become the, the non-mob boss <laughs> that, he, that he eventually uh, definitely doesn't illegally become. But yeah, so that's uh, Michael Gandolfini anyway. So this is uh, Rory's chat with uh, one of the stars of The Many Saints of New York. Michael, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? It's good to meet you. You too, buddy. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us today. 
Tough question, straight off the bat. You can't say this movie, but what is your favorite mob, mafia, criminal organization movie of all time? Oh, I'm going to go, I think, with Mean Streets. Oh, my no one else has said that one yet. I know, I know. I. It's not, I mean, everyone loves it, but it's not the go-to, but I think... Like this scene with De Niro when he first comes into the bar and they play the Rolling Stones song and then they go to the back and he's just like talking about how he can't pay money for like four, for like 30 minutes. I think that is one of the most fun and like funny scenes ever. Yeah. I'm going to uh, maybe assume, and you can correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, but you probably didn't watch The Sopranos as it was coming out or... Or like, I, I know, like my household is very like, yeah, watch whatever you want. But where, where is it more like you watch it later in life? Totally. Yeah. It was definitely not something that I was allowed to watch. One, I was born during the first season. So like, it just wasn't a thing. And then even later on, though, you know, my dad and my mom were both very much like, you are not going to watch it. My dad really wanted he he always said like i want you to know you know me not not tony or not whatever um so it it was not something that i really um um was allowed to but also not you know i was a kid so i didn't really it was like if your dad's a you know contractor you're kind of like the last thing i want to do is go watch him build a house i was like i just didn't really think about it um the only thing that thinking about it that I really wanted to see was he was on Broadway and he mm. wouldn't let me see it for a while. And I was like, so pissed that he wouldn't let me see it. And then it moved to LA. I got a little older and he let me see it. Um, but you know, like it just wasn't a thought. And then when he passed, you know, it was kind of like going to be a thing to watch. It was going to be an, a hard experience. So I sort of put it off. Yeah. That was a long answer to your question. <laughs> No, no, I, I like I appreciate it, but I, I am curious. Like now, having I'm assuming you're all caught up on the show since then. What is your opinion of the ending? Because it is legitimately like one of the most talked about things of all time. Yeah, it, it's definitely a, a big question. I mean, I do think with what David has said is important, which is it's left open ending, and you know, for a reason because I think he either dies or he sort of lives this life where he's looking over his shoulder. And that anxiety that we feel in that final moment is an anxiety Tony is going to be stuck with the rest of his life. Um, so I think in many ways, the ending is like that because it asks a bunch of questions, like whether you think Tony's a good guy or a bad guy. And if it's a bad guy, which hell is worth? you know, worse death or the anxiety of always looking over his shoulder. So mm. I think whichever one you seem fit for Tony Soprano. Okay. Without revealing your cards, I guess. I, I appreciate that. Uh, when you were, I guess, doing your interpretation of young Tony, was it at all difficult for you to not do just a young impression of the character Tony, but an actual impression of your dad, who you like would know outside of the, just the character of, of Tony Soprano. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, there are qualities about my dad 
in Tony Soprano for sure. Mostly like the way he stands or the way I learned. I had to study really how to hold my shoulders, how to use my eyes, how to use look around. The accent, obviously, but a lot of those things weren't my dad. You know, they were in some ways a great performance. So I sort of was able to separate them because I was going to play Tony, not my dad. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, like the accent, you know, that's Tony, the way his triggers, the way he thinks about the world, his opinions, his sort of... um, the way he touches his nose, all that stuff was Tony, not my dad. So in some ways that helped. It was a little easier to play, I think, a character than it would have been to play my dad. Um, And then after that physical portion and that accent portion, I really had to kind of walk a fine line between letting the show get out of my head because this is such a different Tony. It's such a... Uh, it's a different point in his life and he's very different. Um, And I feel like it was just really important for me to remember this is Tony at a different point. Um, And there were times that I, I would go, you know, be aggressive or be angry or be sarcastic in in this very Tony soprano way And Alan would say like, Hey, we're not there yet. Like he's still this young, sensitive, creative kid. So it was sort of like a balance between the two. Yeah. I, I, congratulations. Cause I think you fantastically uh, nailed that balance in the movie. Um, We're running out of time here, but I will say goodbye. And I looked at your upcoming CV and it is massively exciting. Everything you've got on there. Uh, So can't wait to see uh, all of those as well. Thank you so much. I I really appreciate that. Thank you, buddy. Have a great day. Yeah, you too. Roy's chat there with Michael Gandolfini. Who's up next? Up next is Alessandro Nivola, who is technically the lead in The Many Saints of Newark. He is uh, the uncle of a young Tony Soprano in this. And you probably know him best from being Nicolas Cage's younger brother in Face Off, which was his first big screen uh, movie. So we do talk about, the you know, Sopranos and Many Saints and everything else, but I do, I did also have to have a, a chat with him about uh, Face Off because it's turning 25 next year. And he tells just this lovely story about uh, his time on set with Nicolas Cage. So you, if you're a Face Off fan, you'll absolutely enjoy this. I was just trying not to tell you to shut up, Rory. Stop talking because I just <laughs> want to hear him talk about Nick Cage and Face Off. This is Alessandra Nivola. Alessandro, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing, Rory? I'm doing really well. First of all, congratulations on the movie. Uh, second of all, a toughie, maybe. Not including this movie. What is your favorite gangster or mafia movie of all time? Uh, well, it's funny. I guess you wouldn't necessarily characterize it as a gangster mafia movie, but but I, I would definitely say Raging Bull um the the mafia is i think the main catalyst of the movie but it's really a, a character study of a boxer and um but the, the the depiction of the mob in that movie to me at least as far as that era goes feels just so authentic and and real 
And then it's just, uh, apart from it being a mob movie, I just think it's one of the greatest movies ever made. And, and De Niro's performance in it for me is, is the greatest ever of uh, film performance. Well, compliments don't really get much better than that. So <laughs> raging bullet is, um, I've noticed a lot of people lately are doing like either a rewatch or a catch up of The Sopranos in the lead up to the release of this movie. Yeah. Were you someone who was watching it back in the day when it was released the first time or did you get more acquainted with it more recently? Uh, no, I had never watched the series before I was asked to audition for the movie. Um, and then, it, you know, in the couple of weeks that I took to prepare my my audition, I watched the first season. And then when I was offered the role, I watched the rest. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it is amazing how uh, the, the one um, upside to this whole COVID mess was that um, a whole younger generation, it seems, uh, started watching it again. I, I don't know. I think in America it was offered for free on Amazon or something. I, I can't remember how it happened. But suddenly I noticed just a, a month into the lockdown that everybody was talking about it again and um it really kind of came came roaring back into the the cultural conversation even without people knowing about the film being made and so like off the back of this having watched the show more recently i guess you there's always like stuff that you just pick up about that show and one of the most biggest talking points is the ending so I'm curious, what, what was your impression of the ending of the show, having kind of come to it maybe with a little bit of osmosis knowledge about it? Well, I mean, I, I, I think that David's feeling about these characters like Tony or like Dickie is that um, they are the architects of their own destruction and that there's something, you know, he's he really... Believes in 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 fate being your childhood experience and your upbringing, and that it it's something that is that you spend your life trying to get out from escape out from under, and it keeps dragging you back down. And that there's some inevitability to that kind of you know downward uh, spiral um, and and ultimate oblivion, you know, in a in a life of violence, and so. From that, in, in that sense, I think like, you know, Tony, Dickie, they all have to die. Um, but uh, at the same time, you know, David delights in ambiguity. And, and that's what is so um, interesting and appealing about both the series and the film. Uh, you know, for example, in the film, these scenes with me and Ray Liotta in the prison may or may not be a figment of my imagination. They have a kind of surreal element to to them. And, and uh, he seems to be a kind of omniscient character who may be a kind of ghost or, or may just, or it might be completely real and taken at face value. And the movie never, uh, it never insists on it being one thing or another and doesn't ask the audience to decide about that either. Um, and so I, I, that's kind of how I feel about the end of the, the series as well. 
Well, we're running out of time here, unfortunately, but uh, I don't know if I'll ever get this opportunity again, but we are coming up to the 25-year uh, anniversary of Face Off, and it is legitimately one of my favourite movies of all time. So I just want to thank you for your part in that as well. Oh, thank you. I was so happy to hear it. No, it's one of my favourite films that I've been in. Uh, it was my first real film role, and and it was... Uh, defining for me in in so many ways. I think the the biggest thing is it kind of uh, established me as a character actor and um, and set me on on that particular path uh, of of disguising myself in in a million different ways uh, that that really has kind of led up to this moment where I finally had a role that allowed me to to really you know, do something transformative that was also kind of the center of the story. But that was, um, you know, that was a, a, a major moment for me. And, and my my uh, working relationship and friendship with Nicolas Cage at that time was also a, a huge inspiration that um, I, I've kept with me ever since. In fact, this watch I'm wearing right here, um, what he gave to me for my 25th birthday when we were filming together. And I, I wear it almost every day. So. Magnificent. And it's a lovely watch. Alessandra, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. <laughs> Take care. Thank you. Have All a right. good day. You too. Can you imagine playing Nick Cage's brother? That would just be bonkers and amazing. And getting the present of an unbelievable watch from him. Yeah, like a watch face off. Watch face off? That kind of works. There's something there. Listen. Give me, give me <laughs> half an hour. I'll come back. I'll brainstorm okay. this joke. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll check in with you later on on that. Uh, yeah, so that was Rory's chat with Alessandro Navola there. You can see that full interview up on YouTube as well if you do want to to get a little sneak peek of the mm. watch uh, in question as well. But up next, first of all, Rory, we have Michaela De Rossi. Yes. So she plays the... Hmm... Should I say who she plays in this? She's related to the oh, she's no, re- she's it. related to the Sopranos family in okay. some way in this film. It's complicated. I'm not going. You just go see the film, but it's complicated, and she's in there. So uh, obviously, we chat about this about this, and she talks about her favorite gangster movies of all time and stuff, and the uh, the influence or the impact that Sopranos had in Italy because strong Italian connection, and that's where she came from. I think this is her first major English language uh, project. Um, and she talks a little bit about how fun it is to swear in Italian because Joey Tribbiani, I remember as a very young age, just seemed to have a lot of fun swearing in Italian. And so does Michaela De Rossi in this movie. Eccellente. Okay. Here, here yeah. she is. Hello. Michaela, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm really, really good. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. Um, first question, aside from this movie, do you have a favorite gangster or mob movie that you've seen before? Yes, I think, uh, it's the Goodfellas. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's gotta be. It has to be. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I, lo- I, I, I grew up with that. So, yeah, and yes, also I have some be. Italians. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, strong movies, connection there. Like Gomorrah, like uh, criminal criminal romance. I don't know if you if you ever heard about that. 
I've heard it, but I've not seen it. So I'll, I'll add it to my watch list for sure. It's, um, it's so beautiful. <laughs> I'm absolutely must check it out. Can I ask, were you someone who, when you were, were you aware of this show of The Sopranos when you were growing up, or is it something you came to kind of later when you were a grown up? Uh, I okay, I I had heard about The Sopranos because in Italy everyone knows about that, but I didn't see it. So when I got the role, I watched the whole thing in like three weeks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, not the whole thing. I have like some episodes left because I didn't have enough time before uh, shooting the movie. Sure. Uh, I mean, between I got the role and then I, I had to go to New York City. Uh, but, you know, I, I, Sopranos made the history. So I, I, I had heard about that. Uh, can I? I have to congratulate you on something in this movie, and it's something that I, I it, it, to put it bluntly, uh, <clears throat> your Italian swearing in this movie is fantastic. It just seems like so much more more fun and energetic to swear in Italian <laughs> than it does in English. It just gets the the emotion across so much better. Mm-hmm. So I have to. I just want to congratulate you on that. On Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you uh, so much. Fun to, were they fun to shoot? Like where you're having a bit more uh, passion and anger in those scenes? Yes, I was. I mean, I, I think, I guess that the thing that I was doing my first Hollywood movie, I hope it's been the first. Uh, so it was a, a mix of my excitement being there with that kind of actors and uh the character so i think this mix it's been great <laughs> i was just <laughs> trying to translate my emotions putting in in the character and and they worked so <laughs> no like they they absolutely like they 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 worked like i felt the passion mm-hmm. on the screen is there is there like one particular big difference coming from from you know filming a lot of european or maybe mainly italian productions to how it feels to make a big hollywood movie like this sometimes it's money most sure. of all is money so money makes the difference as the soprano teach teach oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so for sure when you have more money more people working on something everything is super size everything is uh i mean sometimes we italians we use um the an issue could be like the reason of something because mm-hmm. we are used to have issues <laughs> because we're not as organized like americans so sometimes for example you are on set you see a sunset and everyone can say okay just stop everything, take that sunset. In America, you you never can do something like this, you know? It's like yeah. everything is so decided and precise. And so, you know, there are beautiful things in both uh, kind of shooting. Yeah, like fantastic. Uh, as you said, hope this is your first of many Hollywood movies to come. <laughs> Michaela, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.
Michaela de Rossi there chatting to Rory. Uh, Rory, of course, you know that because you are the Rory in mm. question as well. You didn't need me to clarify. Um, I'm particularly excited about the next star of the film that you're chatting to, Leslie Odom Jr. And again, people, not necessarily a household name, but anybody who's a fan of Hamilton, if you were in any way fortunate enough to see the original Broadway production. Um, but if you have watched the kind of recreated movie version on Disney Plus where they've taken footage from those Broadway performances. He plays Aaron Burr, uh, the main kind of antagonist to Hamilton, um, played by Lin-Manuel Miranda in that. So he's a wonderful actor, obviously uh, a stage background as well. But he was also brilliant in One Night in Miami, which was released, I think, geez, was that just last year? And he plays Sam Cooke. He's just a phenomenal musician and actor all rolled into one. So I can see why this amazing singer wanted to star in a film about The Sopranos because he definitely thought it was about singing, didn't he? I actually asked him if any of his friends made that comparison or joke. <laughs> that crap joke. I was like, has anyone said, oh, you're a singer and you're in The Sopranos and blah, blah, blah. And he corrected me. He said, no, they wouldn't have asked me if I'm a soprano oh. because I'd be more of a no, no. different <laughs> different kind of singer. It's more like, of a baritone. Yeah. But he got it, which is the good thing, I think. Like, he, he wasn't like, you, you know what? This whole interview is cancelled because this is a terrible joke and a terrible way to <laughs> start stupid jokes out of here. I am <laughs> too important and too good an actor to have to deal with these shit questions, <laughs> quite frankly. So he didn't have that reaction. So, And he's a lovely man and he has very lovely things to say about uh, <laughs> many states of Newark. And here he is now. Leslie, how are you doing today? Oh, very well, Rory. How you doing? I'm doing really, really well. Um, I want to ask maybe an obvious question first. Uh, when you said you were in the Sopranos movie, did anyone make like a joke saying, oh, you were singing in Hamilton and now you're a soprano? <laughs> well, I would expect I would if 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 it was that, I bet they would expect me to be in like baritone or sure. You know the tenors, something like that. So no, everybody that the show's gotten such great name recognition over the years that everybody was super excited from the second I told them I was a part of it. No, like obviously there is such massive global appeal for yeah. for this uh, for this show. Like um, for yourself, not including this movie because that would be cheating. What is your favorite gangster or mafia movie of all time? Hmm. Um, Probably, I mean, you know, it's probably a three-way tie between Goodfellas, Casino, and The Godfather. Um, I, you know, those are the the movies. Whenever they're on the, the telly, you know, I can watch them from beginning to end, or wherever, wherever I can. You know, if it's in the middle, like I can, I can watch until the end. Um, the acting, the filmmaking, the storytelling—it's just uh, gripping and. I find it very moving and entertaining. Oh, sure, of course. Like when when it comes to The Sopranos, were you watching it back in the day, or were you? Because I know a lot of people maybe were a little bit too young when it came out the first time, and they're catching up on it, wanting uh, to see it in advance of this film. So, did you see it back then, or are you just catching up more recently? That was that was me. I was one of those people that I, I watched the series from beginning to end not too long ago. So uh, I was late to the party, but I am. Uh, a card-carrying member of the fan club now. So I have to ask as well, when it came to, because that ending is iconic, 
for everyone. Do you think it is the best ending for a TV show ever or just one of the best endings for a TV show ever? Uh, um, best ending for a TV show ever? Maybe. Uh, I, but I, I will say that I was really happy. I can only imagine watching that in its original run, how sort of how frustrating it would have been and how like, you know, confusing it would have been all these years later. I was very lucky because there's there's blogs about it. There's things that have been written about that ending. There's, you know, um, David's talked about the ending. So I watched the series until the end and then I went and, you know, got that satisfying experience of um, uh, kind of um, joining the, the, you know, the conversation that was already happening at the water cooler about it. So there's so much information about it. I I didn't find it as like jarring as it as it maybe was in its original uh, run. What do you think of the ending? Oh, I, I, I love I love endings like that where it just gives people so much to talk about. Yeah. You know, I much rather a conversation thing rather than, well, we've seen it now and we've nothing else left to say about it. It's so Whereas true. with this, you, yeah. And it's, it's kind of the same in this where there's, I'm just not going to spoil anything. There's so many moments in this where I was like, Oh, I want to talk about that for a long time because there's, there's one, it's only, I think it's only a single line in this, but you mentioned Frank Lucas and I'm like, Oh, I want to see that American gangster, many saints crossover. I want to see Leslie and Denzel having that conversation about like yeah. providing the money. That's the scene I want to see. Yeah, that's that. That's David's writing. You you nail that on the head. That's how he. I think that's what. Uh, that's what he's into. He's into that ambiguity. He's into um, the gr- the gray. You know. Yeah. And one final question, if that's okay, because I was looking at your upcoming CV and I'm just so excited for everything you're a part of. But uh, one, I ha- one question I have to ask is, was your shoot for Knives Out 2 just the most fun thing ever? Because it was just, it just seemed like a lovely Greek holiday with loads of famous friends, but I'm sure you probably have more insight than that. It has been so much fun. Thank you for asking. Um, Ryan's reputation precedes him. You know, he's just, uh, you know, just one of the most kind and generous souls you'll meet in this business. And that filters down, you know, him and and Daniel really welcomed us into the family and made it uh, a little summer camp for, for all of us. We had a ball. Fantastic. Can't wait to see it. Leslie, thank you so much for your time today. Yeah. Thank you, Rory. Up next, we have Alan Taylor, director of Many Saints of New York. And Alan Taylor, like, the first time I think I came across his name was whenever he was directing Thor 2, The Dark World. And it's unfortunate for him because, like, even for, as a, as a go-to answer when people aren't even really thinking about it, like, oh my God, what's the worst Marvel film of all time? And his poor film, uh, Kenny Gets Dragged Out. Now, it is a bit of a mess in places as well, but um, but yeah. So sorry about that, Alan. So what was what was he like to chat to? Hopefully, you didn't bring that up, did you? I didn't know. Uh, like, yeah, I think a lot of people were like properly introduced to him via Thor: The Dark World, but he did it. He did direct many episodes of The Sopranos back in the day. He directed lots of HBO stuff. Like, uh, I think he did some Oz. I think he did some Sex in the City. 
he definitely did a lot of Game of Thrones because he talks about uh, in this interview <clears throat> his time here in Ireland um, and lots of other shows as well. So yeah, like he he does have an interesting anecdote as to why he thinks David Chase picked him to so David Chase the the creator I guess of The Sopranos picked him to um, direct this movie. Uh, and he has some very interesting thoughts on the infamous ending to the show and how they directly contradict David Chase's thoughts. So David, who wrote and directed the final episode of Sopranos, you would think he has the final say, but uh, director Alan Taylor, he has has different thoughts and some of the stuff he does, he, he talks about in this interview, you're like, huh, maybe the guy who created it is wrong? Interesting. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this, this is this is a funny one. Like, this is yeah, lots lots going on here. Yeah, all very interesting. We will have David Chase coming up in just a few minutes as our final interview for the Many Saints of New York. But up first, it's director Alan Taylor. Alan, how are you doing today? Hey, good to see you. Uh, where are you, by the way? Right now, I'm in Dublin. Uh, I know the shower curtain doesn't give much away, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Because uh, you, you spent a lot of time over here. I have. That's why I asked. Uh, I've been in Dublin a couple of times. It's so beautiful. I spent most of my time in Belfast, obviously, for um, the, that other show. <laughs> yeah, that 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 other huge show that everyone uh, <laughs> is still talking about to this day. But we will focus on The Sopranos just for the moment. Um, can I ask, in not including this movie, obviously, because that would be cheating a little bit, but what is your favorite mafia or mobster movie of all time? Uh, that's a tough one. Um, you know, Scorsese, I guess is a broad label <clears throat> is, 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 is the obvious answer. Um, there is a gangstery movie that is probably one of my favorite movies ever. That's sort of outside that box, uh, that I'd like to mention, cause I think everybody should watch it a hundred times like I have. Um, and it's, uh, Vim Vendor's The American Friend. Um, which is not literally a gangster movie, except there's a bunch of gangsters in it. Um, it's a crime movie, but uh, uh, unlike anything else. And it's one of the greatest movies I've ever seen. It's, uh, uh, and it's similar to Sopranos in a way, in that it's using a gangster um, milieu and a crime story to get into some really uh, dark, interesting, funny human stuff. Well, that's that's a shot right to the top of my watch list. So thank you very much for that recommendation. Uh, you were obviously very close to the show, like as it was coming out, like, I guess, live to the rest of the world. But I'm curious, has your opinion on how the show ended? Because people are still writing think pieces and reaction pieces to that. And there's so many people who are just now catching up on it because they want to see it ahead of this movie. So has your opinion on on how the show ended change from then to how I guess you might feel about it now? Uh, not at all. The funny thing is that I, I have very strong feelings about how the show ended and, and what it means. And uh, David disagrees with me. <laughs> <laughs> His show and he wrote it. So uh, I'm going out on the limb, but um, <clears throat> I, I think for, for David, it's very important to not answer that question, you know, and to sort of uh, to let it hover. Um, to me, I will, say firmly i i think uh tony got shot in the back of the head in that scene um and it's uh for various reasons um and i it sort of influenced the way i directed this movie uh, that interpretation there's 
one of my favorite scenes in the movie is, is young Tony um, talking to Dickie and he's had a glimpse of, of the gangster life. He's seen his father get arrested. He's seen a guy get shot in the back. Um, and he says, I don't want that to happen to me. And it's one of the most beautiful, heartbreaking moments. This young kid, it's um, William Ludwig who played this sort of 10 year old uh, Tony. Um, and that, plays you know powerfully in the movie but if you carry the show in your head too uh it, it is even more powerful and um uh and if you carry my particular interpretation of the final scene <laughs> it's even more powerful but like i said uh david would disagree with me and tell me i was wrong so um yeah like it leaving it all open to interpretation is obviously one of the reasons why we are still debating even right now to this day and i really appreciate the because there is a sense of that air in the show as well. You're, you're not, even though it's a prequel, there's still, you're always like, Tony Dodd, like this, this is a whole other path for you. And I appreciated that, that element of this as well. Well, yeah, that's the big question. I mean, to me, the, the movie is about one thing. It's, uh, you know, is your destiny locked in or can you change it? Can you change who you are? And we think we know Tony's destiny because we've seen the show. So he seems locked. Um, but um, he didn't have to turn out that way. And we see it. We see the process that, 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 sort of shaped him and every other character in the movie is going through the same thing. Um, you know, can I, am I, is my, is my destiny already written for me or can I reinvent myself? Uh, which is sort of the classic American, you know, mythology that you can, anybody, you can be anything you want. You can reinvent yourself. And because we're in Sopranos land, that doesn't play out as positively as, um, as people hope. There's, there's one character in the movie who actually transforms himself. Yeah. I, I, it's again, like, I think it's just such a, it's, a, it's such a vast undertaking because people love that show. Um, and I, I appreciate everything that that has been brought to this film because it's, it's got such a weight on it, but you, you're like your television directing CV. It's, it's so massively impressive. And now we're seeing it like translated onto the big screen. Obviously we've, we've, this isn't your first movie, but having worked on this movie and the Sopranos, and we've seen a sex in the city movie and we've seen a Deadwood movie, I think as well. Uh, are there any other shows of yours that you would love to see do that jump to the big screen as well? Oh, that's interesting. Um, I almost did the Deadwood movie and it was uh, heartbreaking to not uh, do it. I had to, I had to drop out of the Deadwood movie to do the Sopranos movie. <laughs> that was not, that was not a, a Sophie's choice right there. <laughs> exactly. Um, that's really interesting. I mean, I, uh, you know, certainly there could be a game of Thrones movie, but in a way that it was already a game of Thrones movie because the, the show is so big. <clears throat> uh, I'm not sure that the, uh, the jump to the big screen would be that, that different. Uh, uh, I have to think of something, um, you know, something more off kilter, like a bored to death movie. Uh, <laughs> I did the pilot for bored to death and, uh, that was a, a very unique, um, tone and, and I just loved everything about it. Uh, so it'd be hilarious to see that done as a movie. Oh, like now's the time like the, the, the genre is making a massive comeback so you've got at least one front row fan right here for your Born to Death movie I'll tell Jonathan and Jason and, uh, and uh, we'll get everybody back together fantastic Alan take care last but not least it's the one and only creator of The Sopranos David Chase yeah it is this is uh, this is the, the the guy who is responsible for one of the greatest TV shows of all time, inarguably, I think. And the guy who is responsible for one of the most talked about and debated TV endings 
of all times. So if you've now listened to this whole show, you know that everyone else we've chatted to has weighed in their opinion on what they thought of the ending of the TV show. But David talks about, um, I thought it, w- it might be rude to ask him, what do you think of the ending that you yourself wrote and directed? So instead uh, he talks about the, the weight of expectation, I guess, of the ending to this movie, c- considering that he, he did end on such a, on such a high note, I guess, in the show, like does that cause a lot of pressure when it comes to creating an ending for this? Cause you're like, people saw how that ended and they're going to expect you to do it just as well for this, especially considering that you didn't have to come back to do it at all. Um, so yeah, so this is David Chase talking about the Sopranos and the many saints of Newark. David, how are you doing today? Okay. Happy to hear it. Congratulations on the movie. Uh, I'm sure you probably discussed this to death at this point, but do you have a favorite mobster or mafia movie of all time? Of all time? No, there's a couple of contenders. Uh, no, I don't have a favorite. Oh, that's that's fair enough. And it's it's a much kind of <laughs> it's a very competitive field. So let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, when you have created, I guess, like one of the most talked about endings of all time, was that at all on your mind when it came to creating the ending for this movie? Like, was was there any added pressure, I guess, to end this on a, on a similar kind of uh, open-ended note? No, there was... The only pressure was to have an, you know, an, an ending that had some impact, that had some emotional impact for the audience watching this story. That was the only... See, there was nothing particular about this movie. Endings are difficult. Um, maybe not all endings are difficult, but they are difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and so was this one. Uh, over over the years, like especially uh, the years following uh, James's passing, so many people have come forward to talk about the influence of the show. Like Vince Gilligan said that if it wasn't for The Sopranos, he probably wouldn't have done Breaking Bad. Uh, Matthew Weiner about the same about Mad Men said he really approached the writing of that show differently because of uh, because of the sopranos like when you look around at the tv and movie landscape today do you notice the influence the sopranos maybe still has are you do you see things and go oh that's vaguely reminiscent of or harkening back i to did for a while i did for a while but then people got out of the <clears throat> people got out of the situation of borrowing tropes from the sopranos or it, it it went on for about I don't know five years or so now. Now, I mean, the stuff now is not like the network stuff. Although I, I gotta say, I think it's getting more like network stuff. But it's uh, it's different from television in the '90s. But um, and maybe people were influenced or said to themselves, "Okay, I'm gonna." Just go there and like, you know, kick out the jams um, and do what I want to do. Um, and there was more of an appetite on the part of financiers to go along with it. And when it came to, I guess, the casting on this, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but 
if you came or if you came like to an agent or you know any number of actors and says we're putting together a Sopranos movie, uh, I would imagine that the interest in that from many big actors would be would be massive because they would want to be a part of something that has such a prestigious background to it. Um, and you went with not not a lesser known actor necessarily, but Alessandro Nivola for the, the kind of center of this story, who I really appreciate as a fantastic character actor. But what was it about, say, him as the actor that you you and everyone else involved in this movie decided he's he's who we need at the middle rather than, say, a bigger name? Um, I, I just remembered him from seeing him in two movies, one of them being American Hustle. And I always thought he was underrated or underused. And I always wanted to correct that or work with him. And um, he's a great, he's a fantastic actor. He's just a really, really good actor. And uh, him being uh, of Italian ancestry didn't hurt. Mm -hmm. And then on, on the flip side of that, we've got like Ray Liotta, who if you cast him in a gangster movie, people, I guess, like they will automatically make that comparison. Is that a difficult jump would you say for for audiences to make to go well, that's the goodfellas guy and now he's just do he's just doing another gangster movie i don't know is that what people say about robert de niro oh he's doing another gangster movie i don't think so maybe but i don't think ray has done a lot of gangster movies besides uh casino um no casino uh you know what i'm talking about um oh yeah I don't think he's. I don't think he's specialized in that in his career. Oh no, I don't. I don't. I personally don't think he has either. It's just that it's a matter of like for audiences, maybe that is his biggest role. So it's a matter of, I guess, trying to break the audience's mind of him not just being the Goodfellas guy, but actually being an actor capable of portraying another character in another gangster movie. Oh, Goodfellas is a long time ago. I mean. Uh... It's too bad people can't retain some valuable information in their brains that long. That's that's fair enough. David, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Woo! We made it to the very end of all of those interviews. A big thank you to Michael Gandolfini, Alessandro Novola, Michaela De Rossi, Leslie Odom Jr., Alan Taylor, David Chase, and of course you, Rory. Mm. Thank you to you as well. I'd like to thank me too. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Joe done, <laughs> consider it done. Um, as well as that, thanks to Sound Dan on Sound today. Uh, thank you to Chicago Town Pizza as well. Don't forget, you can go over and check out our weekly recommendation show. We have all our full reviews there, plus loads of other amazing TV shows, maybe like The Sopranos, and loads of other movies, maybe like The Many Saints of New York, um, which you can go and check out there as well. And thank you, as ever, to everybody for listening and watching the show. You can get the podcast wherever it is you happen to get your podcast and you can also check out the show on youtube as well until next time Roy, you're just going to be thanking yourself i imagine until we until we meet each other again yeah thank myself thank myself all day all, all night yep okay well you enjoy that and uh, i'll see you next time bye <laughs> you're listening to the big review ski on joe with chicago time pizza yeah we go to town on it 